Welcome to A Bellyful Podcast. I'm Tatiana Patton, and I'm the founder of Soul Food Movement, a faith-based apparel brand that is designed to create conversation centered in Christianity and to ultimately encourage people to pursue a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And this podcast is a platform to do just that. Some of the best conversation is found in the kitchen or over a plate of delicious food. So join us as we discuss life, lessons, relationships, and everything in between on this journey as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. So come on in and get you a belly full. Welcome to the fifth of six episodes of A Bellyful Podcast. We are almost at the end. <laughs> We're almost there. It is the episode before the last episode. And for this episode, we have Shanna Edgecombe, someone who I've known for a while, but have not been in contact with for a while. Um, she does many, many, many things, but I think the latest of what I know, and Shanna, you can correct me, um, I know she's uh, doing, I, I guess, what do you call that? Is it, is it a florist? Or is it floral yes, design? Yes, floral design. Yeah. Okay, floral design. So say hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi, people. <laughs> This is me trying to put on my extrovert face. Yes, we are trying to be awake. (laughs) Yes. We are both very, very, very tired. Um, I know that you were saying, or I saw, I saw your post, um, like, in the beginning of February about how basically you're going to be, it's like the most busiest time of the year for you and that you were going to be flooded. And I also realized that before, um, like when I asked you to be on the podcast initially and you had said that February was basically booked and then you kind of like sent me all of your information like way beforehand. And I was like, that's probably why. After I read your post, I was like, that's probably why because she knew she was going to be busy all throughout the month of February. So how did that go for you? How do you feel now? Is it slowing down or is it like? Um, It slowed down a bit, but we're still in wedding season, right? So Valentine's Mm. Day for backstory for any floral shop, at least here, is the biggest money maker for the year followed by Christmas and then Mother's Day, usually. Mm. And so, yeah, we worked like 60 hours in five days. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it, it, it was crazy. And we've actually worked longer hours in the past. But luckily for us, Valentine's Day fell on a Monday and not a Friday. So we were able to do more work on the Sunday because the Mm. store was closed Mm. customers were not there the phone wasn't ringing we didn't have to keep stopping because normally Mm. we can work 70 80 hours within the span of five days so um it was good though i mean we're still we're still in wedding season so every weekend there's still 
um, weddings going on and then there are people getting married during the week as well but most of the weddings that I work on are usually on Saturdays so mm -hmm. I would do flowers Friday and Saturday if I'm booked yeah yeah how long have you been because when I I I think I feel like after after having known you for a while um did I know that you were doing floral designs because I know you were doing other stuff related to business and also like I feel like communications but um so like how long were you doing that things how long were you doing that um beforehand and how did you get how did you get into that yeah okay so i actually started um working with flowers december of 2013. it was very very part-time and the reason why i really got into it was because i i'm a former wedding planner i still do it on occasion but i got burnt out and i decided to take a step back um but I was a wedding planner and I realized that there are a lot of planners who tend to specialize in something. And I realized that I had a minor obsession with flowers because everywhere I traveled in the world, no matter where, I would always take photos of flowers, like dozens of photos, hundreds of photos when I went to the Netherlands, literally, of tulip fields and all this different stuff. And so I said, let me give this floral design thing a, a shot a try um, to see if something is there I called around a couple of places the second place um, the first person who trained me it was the second place I called she said yeah come in uh, let's meet and so that same day I went in she said okay you can keep coming back every Saturday and I'll pay you because initially I said, listen, I will come and you can train me for free. I'll work in the store for free. I don't care. I just want the experience. Mm -hmm. um, but after the first day, mm -hmm. she said, no, you come and I'll pay you. And so that's how the journey began. Um, I've had some great teachers um, over the years. And all of them have split off and opened their own shops and doing their own thing. Um, and then, of course, I also invest in education as well so I may travel or I may take courses online but that's really how I got started and how I continue to grow um, and and evolve my skills did I always know that you were a wedding planner no okay. no I'm like, did I probably not when I probably not like I'm really bad at promoting myself yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, understand, I, I, I understand that completely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know how it is. Like, as creatives, we'd rather do the work. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. not not all creatives. Not all of us are alike. <laughs> but for a lot of us, we would rather do the work. And then um, we get work off of referrals, right? Instead mm -hmm. of, like, really putting a lot of effort into marketing. Because that's time that we considered taking away from client work um, and getting time to do something that feels like it's unpaid, even though marketing does have an ROI. Um, you know, that's yeah. how it is. But a lot of people didn't know that I planned weddings. A lot of people did not know that I did flowers. 
until I became more vocal about it. More people knew that I do business consulting. Yeah. Um, I, I still do that, but I that has taken a back seat just because God was like, no, you're not going to try to do all five of these things together <laughs> at once and think that you're going to do them all well. Um, and so he told me to put down some things, to scale some things back, and that's what I did. You know, I think that even, like, as a creative, like, I think that it's, like, you're you're bound to be multifaceted. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, not just doing one thing. Because even you talking about, well, I think I like doing things with my hands or, like, being hands-on. Just, I feel like the thought of doing the whole... Um, the flowers thing sounds attractive to me, but then I also like it might be something where it's like I say that, and then when I start doing it, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really love. I like to work with my. I like to work. I like to do things where I'm like working with my hands. So um, that just, I guess, hearing how you got into it sounds like pretty cool. I mean, like I feel like I should be able to. <laughs> not be able to walk into but like if I were to just say not to even I feel like not to even make a business out of it um but no um just as like a a a hobby or something is it relaxing at all or no um yes and no so I'm at a place now where it can be relaxing just because I have like some technique and foundation Mm, but I could understand how yeah um, but in the beginning it can be stressful because you're unsure of Mm, what you're doing mm. how to do it you're shaky on your foundation or you just don't know how to do things simply put Um, and you may know how you want something to end up looking but how to get there is stress that's how I feel about art I mean it's it's not um, stressful person. No, let me not say that. I think maybe that's how I feel about design, designing things. Um, cause that's not even something that I was <clears throat> like, that I was into. And I, I think I just do it now out of necessity. Um, I don't feel confident in doing it for other people like that. I've done it for other, some other people, but I don't feel as confident. Um, because I feel like I had no real training for it. But I think, yeah, um, and you said you have, like, technique now, right? Yeah. So, but so maybe that's what I need like... to get because I feel like when I start it, like, I might have an idea, you know, but I getting there is the harder part. And, yeah, I can understand that does that for me does stress me out when I'm trying to make up something. That takes the longest, the longest time, I feel like. And like art is subjective, flowers are subjective, videography, photography, any type of art is subjective. And so you could, like there are so many times when, you know, we put our best work out and it's like, oh my gosh, this thing is beautiful. Like if we do work, and when I say we, I do freelance still at a flower shop. The flower shop that I started off with in the beginning, I still freelance sometimes. 
and you know we can create something beautiful and it's sitting in the shop waiting to be picked up or waiting to be delivered and every time someone walks by they're like oh my god that's beautiful and then the person who ordered it or the person who got it they're like what what is this we're so disappointed mm. you know and it's hurtful because it's like that's that yeah. was like my best yeah. thing today you know, um, you just don't know. And then there are the arrangements or the bouquets that we don't like. Like, I don't think every artist creates things that they like all the time. Um, I, but I yeah. think you have to get to a point where you can you can do it and then let it go. And I was just talking to yeah. a friend about that yesterday. Yeah. We have to learn I, that. Like, we have to I, learn how to... Done is better than perfect sometimes. I I even believe that there's like like knowing when to let go is a part of the like artistic like you have to know when to let like that's a part of the whole like art or even um can I say talent? I don't know. Like whatever it is that that is in you to create something. <laughs> like you have to know when to letting go is a big a big part of that because then you can end up um working on things or nitpicking on things and and then it looks you know completely different like you'll never be satisfied i guess and then you can end up just never really never really finishing yeah yeah so i have a friend um she's also a florist a good friend of mine and she does amazing work like she's done flowers for celebrities and um just all types of different people and she does not post 99 percent of her work in part because she doesn't like a lot of the things that she creates mm. we think it's beautiful the world thinks it's beautiful but she mm -hmm. can always go back and look at a photo and say oh i wish i would have done something different and so we're always having that conversation about learning to let go and yes sometimes we do wish that something would photograph better or we wish that we could go back and edit but the reality is it's already gone and out the door and the person has it and it's you know we, we just have to get over this this need for perfection because yeah. only we know maybe what we were trying to get to the end mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. if we fell short in our own minds but that's our thing. Nope, the world literally does not have to know, you know, for example, yeah, that yeah. you wanted to do a short that was five minutes and then it ended up being eight. And you're like, these three minutes are wasted. And everyone else is like, this is perfect, you know? Yeah. I mean, even the same with like um, film, like, um, I mean, you just mentioned, <laughs> you just mentioned it, but like, I mean, even with like, movies and stuff like that like um a lot of the times they're not the end product is not at all exactly about like what it was um drafted out to be because i feel like with with video and with film on set it's like disaster is like a part of the recipe like <laughs> disaster is 99.9% gonna happen at some point of it and so you can have like it's good to have a plan it's good to have a script it's good to have a storyboard of how you want it so that way you can keep 
you can draw the outline of how you want things to go and that way everybody can be on um, on the same page as they're working together towards this goal but um, whatever happens in between which like I said is most likely gonna happen especially with videos like I said it's just like there's always so much pressure and stuff is just gonna go wrong and it's like it's about what they're able the art of it is being able to still create something with what you get that's what that's how I feel that's why it's like when things go awry on set it's like this just happens we gotta you gotta figure out how to make it work and like I said even when before movies get rated sometimes you know they request for them to do certain things to it so you don't ever really even know what the original script was what people originally intended because they tweak it along the way but that um creative process is like I was telling um Nevandria um the last week was like a part of my creative process is like <laughs> I can completely understand how your friend feels like I completely understand because a lot of times I look at stuff and I'm like Ugh. like you know I there you just see what you could have done and even like even like with this podcast like sometimes I don't even like looking at it like looking back at what you've recorded <laughs> yeah because I'm like oh my gosh girl why did you say that why did you do that why <laughs> you know yeah but there's also a part of it for me where it's like there's like there's a certain part where I just am like oh my gosh this is terrible this is it's like the point of no return I guess where I'm like I just have to go forward but this is this is ridiculous <laughs> like this is yes. a mockery this is this is absolutely everything is <laughs> a shamble and then I have to like sit in that for a second and then just be like I can't like you can't start over because it's like probably like when I'm about 80% of the way (laughs) yeah no I I get it um I get it but I think and I would encourage anybody that still document still keep going because then you get to look back and see you know how you've grown Right. So when you do season two of the podcast, you will be able to see the difference in how you are then versus how you are now. And so I think that's really, really important. And I do that. Right. Like sometimes I my memories will pop up and it's flower floral arrangements and bouquets that I did years ago. And I'm like, that is that was terrible. I don't know why I was so proud of that. I don't even know why I photographed that. <laughs> that was horrible. You can tell I just kind of threw those things together or threw the <laughs> colors together, you know? And in it, with flowers, you are working with a product that is very perishable. Mm-hmm. You're working with products that have traveled delicate. from all over the world and they don't always arrive in the best condition because a lot of mm-hmm. times they have been out of water for like two, three, four days. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I don't know if you know, but <clears throat> when flowers are cut, for the most part, as soon as they're cut, they start to die. <clears throat> it's mm. just whether or not the process is faster or slower. It just depends on the flower. And so, so how long do they? Oh, so okay, so you can't even say. I'm like, how? So how long do flowers really last? If that's the case. Yeah, it depends. It depends on the flower. If you you could have something hardy like a ginger which is a tropical plant or a sunflower they can last a while then you can have 
um, something like a hydrangea, which it usually comes, the white ones come packaged with a little baggie because they have to be in water. And then they, they can start to wilt within like half an hour of being outside, you know, um, in the heat. So there are times when we just have to make it work. Or, you know, you have limited product because your shipment hasn't come in yet, but someone needs you to do this really lovely big arrangement and you just have to get super creative. And no, you don't always love the end result, but as long as the client is happy, um, then, you know, as long as the client is happy and then you did well enough that you represent your own brand or you put out work that is that is um, good enough for the brand that you're working under, then mm-hmm. I've just learned, mm-hmm. like, you have to be fine with it. Mistakes are going to happen. Um, things will not be perfect. But then you have to move on. And um, I don't want to say last question. I know I told you I wasn't going to be asking you a bunch of questions, yeah, but yeah, I actually but... have a bunch of questions now. <laughs> because I think... It was just like, so even there were things that I feel like I, um, I just genuinely just wanted to know, like, especially about the floral things. I was just curious as to how you got into it. And then anyways. Yeah. Um, so when people like hire or have like, it, it is it, okay. So when people have a flower company and they have different, let's say different, they tend to have different designers, right? Like different designers or is it just one? So do they, is there like a, is there like a brand to the way they do their flowers? Or is it like you have, they're flexible to do all different kinds of styles? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it depends on the business. So for me, I'm the only designer right now. And so when I do bring someone else on, I would train them in my style, the style that I prefer. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. for the most part, for um, retail flower shops, they tend to stick to one or two different styles, whatever it is that's signature to them. The style can evolve, but, you know, if there is a team, one shouldn't be able to tell the difference between if I did it versus the manager versus another floral assistant versus. Now, we can tell a lot of times each other's work. Because Mm -hmm. we know, for example, like someone is a fan of grouping and someone is a fan of these particular flowers. And so, you know, like I wouldn't use certain flowers or I try to stay away from them and then someone else really loves them. But the Mm -hmm. customer doesn't know any of that. They should just know like, oh, yeah, this looks like um, their work, period, in general. doesn't matter who made it. Now, if you're talking about like an event company that does different weddings and things like that then yes ideally they would be experienced and doing different looks now they may have certain strengths or things that they prefer to do like Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. i prefer to do certain styles but i can do several styles it really just depends on what the design calls for Mm. and that's for me like so you know, I would be more flexible when I'm designing for someone else 
because their style, that wedding or event style dictates that I do certain things. But for myself, if I could choose and someone says, oh, you just have creative freedom, I might not go in that direction. Would it be easier for you to have creative, is it, or is it easier for you to have creative freedom or easier for you to have to go based on someone's, you know, style? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, cause I'm thinking for me, I feel like so much you can like compare this to just like, um, I feel like so much you can compare it to video production and even, um, like I said, I guess graphic design. Because even, like, I think that for me, I think it would be, like, maybe it can be more fun to, to do my own create, creative stuff. But it also is a little bit more, um, one, it's a little bit, I don't want to say scary. It's just, I feel like it would take, would take me a while to figure out exactly how I want it would want it to look and then also it would be like um you want it to because you have creative control like you want it to be good and not like yeah, crazy like, <laughs> whereas if someone had like brand guidelines and I just have to go by that then it would technically kind of be easier for me to just go along with that even though it, it may not be as creative as being able to yeah being able to yeah so what do you um, say so what do you say for me and and you helped me figure out my answer just now when you responded. And I would say I prefer in between, which mm. is mm. if you, you say to me, Shanna, yeah, like I like orchids. I want you to incorporate the color red. And then, um, you know, I want something romantic. Okay, so now I have some parameters to go and design with instead of me picking something that you may not like yeah but i did it according to my yeah and again art is subjective so like for me i'm very particular with my colors so sometimes people say well i want my bouquet to be pink and white and i say okay which shade of pink and i've had people say well pink like well, no, no. Which shade? Yeah, of pink? there's so many different, so shades. many different shades of pink. Like, Please is don't it tell be me. A poppy <laughs> bright pink, or is it gonna right. be a nice light pink, or is it gonna be a bold? And even pink? in that, I feel you. Even in that, like in the flower world, there's like there's light pink, blush pink. Um, there's so many different shades of light pink, and so. Um, I need someone to be very, very specific with me. Either send me photos or I send photos because I need to be yeah. very, very clear about what yeah. colors you yeah. are talking about. Because your version of pink and my version could be different. And I don't even think people know that there are different shades of white, which is crazy. Mm. But there are different mm. shades of white. There's everything yeah, from like, cream yeah, to like, off-white to white-white to ivory. Yeah. It's Egg the shell. same, same with, same with, with video. Cause then it's like, we usually ask, well, for me, for sure, <clears throat> ask for like, um, you know, like samples of videos that they like, because God forbid you create and spend so much time into creating a style that they're like, 
what is this? Where did this come from? How did you get here? And um, just to make sure that we're like on the same page so I can see what it is that you actually like, then I need to know. Then I need know. Yeah. Um, I need to see a video sample of what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's kind of crazy how you can really make that, <laughs> you can really make that comparison. Also, um, so I'm making this dish that's called, um, it's a very easy dish. Because uh -huh. like, because you like... know, and I, <laughs> but I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> so it's a very easy dish. It's called, mm -hmm. it's called, it's called sardine poo poo. <laughs> sardine and this, poo poo. And this, Poo poo. It, this dish has actually made me fall in, I don't say fall in love, but fall in like <laughs> with sardines. Because I, I can't say that I really like loved, I didn't know, let me not say that. I did not love sardines at all before. Mm -hmm. Before. I even probably like had a, a um, what is it called when you're like, um, racist or biased or something against them i had that against sardines <laughs> okay yeah and um this guy this guy who i was watching he's from hawaii and he they called they said that they make that their he said that their appetizer dishes are called poo-poos mm -hmm. and so he had this dish he, he made this dish when he was younger um yeah when uh, like i guess just growing up you know having a bunch of canned goods and um mm -hmm. and i felt the need to not felt the need but yeah we feel like you know maybe you need to start being able to you know make some good meals with these canned goods <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean especially looking at the way things are kind of happening or going right now <laughs> but um yeah, Trevon felt led to do that. So we've been we had been buying some canned goods and um we had sardines and I was like, okay, I, I just need a different kind of way to cook this because I need something new. And I liked I really liked the way that he made it because it's like like I said, it's super easy. Um I usually would run away from the flavor of sardines, but this is just like it embraces it. And so um like you put the sardine can the stuff in the sardine can in here and cook it with oil like until the oil is kind of infused in there and then you can flavor this this oil with um like whatever seasoning he uses some kind of like korean um seasoning but i just do whatever i have and then you add the sardines and then you have these oh i had these um this onions that mm -hmm. i have soaking in ice water and it's supposed the ice water is supposed to kind of like soften it, like um, take out the the. It's not bitter, right? It, the the sharpness of the onion. Oh. It takes that out. It's supposed to make it more okay. sweet. I have I haven't I, I haven't done it correctly. Like seven out of nine times, <laughs> but. I have done it correctly like a couple of times and I actually taste it because I, I would be able to bite the onion and it doesn't have that sharpness at all. It's just like you could eat it and not feel like, you know, your breath's going to stink like onions. I don't like onions for that reason. <laughs> well, I, I love onions. 
So I was gonna eat it regardless. But it it so then you <laughs> top it with you top it with these onions, and you top it with um. He made this like lemon oil with olive oil and lemon, you know, the lemon skin. Mm-hmm. That I've messed up before, so then I just use le- imitation lemon oil. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I might mix it with olive oil or just, you know, have some kind of flavored oil. Um, and then he made this like pepper sauce, which I generally now tend to kind of keep. I don't keep exactly how he did his pepper sauce, but I keep this. I think he called it chili water, but I keep something like this just in general. Do you like spicy food? Yes, I love. I love spicy food. So this is like, it's like, I put goat pepper, um, garlic, lime, vinegar, some salt, a little bit of sugar, pepper, kind of to taste. Um, and then you just leave that soaking, a good amount of vinegar, but yeah, a good amount of vinegar. Um, and it makes it like this nice, like sharp spice, almost like the chili, you know, when you put that, that chili pepper sauce in sauce. Yeah, not exact, not that, but something like that. So you can drizzle that over different things if you want, or I can drizzle it. And especially with my son now, um, I noticed I, w- I used to put a lot of pepper in a lot of things <laughs> that I can't quite give to him. So then I, that allows me to like be able to add that pepper in, um, you know, and and keep it relatively, relatively, you know, not spicy. <laughs> okay, but. So yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing over here. <laughs> um, Very nice. Uh, <laughs> but, I've been watching. Yeah. You have? Yeah, I've been watching you. I've been looking and seeing what you're doing. <laughs> so, um, the last time I feel like I we've talked, I remember was at Venture Co-working Space. Yeah. Um, um, how would you say, how do you feel spiritually like right now? I'm asking you so many questions. <laughs> That's like such a loaded question, literally. dang. It's like you could have warmed me up to that. <laughs> before, the thing is, before this podcast, I said, so Shayna, like I'm not going to be asking you any questions really. Yeah. Um, you you can just feel that. free to go say whatever you're led because I'm not going to ask you any questions. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. off of the bat, I just had so it's okay though it's okay um how am i feeling spiritually i think well not i think i know that god has definitely been speaking to me about the things i need to be doing this year and what i need to be focused on and one of the things is i need to be focused (laughs) i need to be focused i need to be disciplined more Mm, disciplined discipline yeah and I need to be quicker to obey. Those mm. are my... Wow. And then the fourth wow. thing is consistency. Mm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like you can get prophetic words mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can, you know, have these big dreams and these goals and God, I want this and you're praying for it. But mm-hmm. if you're not being consistent, being able to you're not manage being disciplined. That. Yeah. You're not focused then what, like, why would he give you all of these things that you're praying for? You can't manage it. You cannot manage Mm -hmm. any of the things that you're asking for. Um, And so that is the process that I am in right now. And so, you know, it's, uh, I was telling the small group that I'm in, even as small as, listen, 
make sure your car doesn't look like you're living in it. You know, mm-hmm. that's discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that you make your bed every day, no matter what, even if you wake up late or whatever. Um, those are the little habits that breed consistency. And those are things that, um, you know, working out. I've gotten into the routine the last year and a half, year and a half, year and a half or so, where I work out. (laughs) And (laughs) I do it consistently. Like, that is my, those are one of my things. I have to do it. And so um, having a routine of consistency, because I'm one of those persons, I could do something every day or every other day for years. And I, if I stop for a couple of weeks, it can take me a year or two to get back. Maybe that. that's maybe that's a creative plight or something, or maybe I something I just I just completely understand. <laughs> <laughs> I completely under completely understand. Yeah. I was um I was I used to be able to run like up to. I, yeah, we. I used to be able to run like up to seven miles with my cousin because we were training to do a half marathon, and I, we were like, you know, waking up, not every morning at five o'clock in the morning, but we would meet at five o'clock in the morning, um, mm-hmm. and run from Sandy Port to past Goodman's Bay, and then I worked on cargo on the film cargo. As a PA, yeah, and that kind of just like completely routed, rerouted my whole thing, and I have not been able to get yeah, back to, to that back. since then. And that was in 2015 because it was like we were working these long, long hours. By the time I was, by the time we got off, like for the two days we had off, I would be like exhausted, and then there was so much food, like. The glass kitchen was catering it, so it was like Bahamian food Stuff. every day. Like, yeah. I said, I've said this before, but I was like, at one point, and they had craft services, you know, so they it would always yeah. have like always. snacks and stuff, like chips, whatever. Even sometimes they would have candy bars just there, you know. And you're a PA, yeah. you're like not doing something all the time. You're kind of just there all the time, and so it's easy to just eat. Yeah, and like I said, one time there was a there was like some Cool Whip or what is it? This the whipped cream. There was whipped cream at the stage. I was like, why? Why is there even whipped cream here? <laughs> like, what are y'all trying to do? I don't understand. That <laughs> and um, yeah, I have not been able to get back since. Mm-hmm. And I, but I like I the I feel like consistency. Because there's so many things that I feel like I've started that just have not, um, I, I haven't been able to follow through. And I feel like what God was working on me with um, this year in particular is how to create like systems. And I literally, and just, I literally saw just saw somebody post something about this where it was like, you know, you can have goals, but without a system, like goals are, they can come and go, but creating the system to go by. And that's what I like, I felt like with, I guess with dealing with this brand, I was definitely a lot more inquisitive 
to him about what what to do and how to do it because um you know this isn't this is not for my glory it's for his glory and so i um i realized so like basically i felt like for the beginning of the year it was like he he wanted me to write a whole kind of plan or outline um based saying kind of what i make because i had okay so i had a number there were a number of things that were to be done right but um like the podcast there's the podcast yeah. i want to do a short film or like a or yeah a short film competition that encourages you to like it has to be based around god or something you know mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. um and then there's this bible bible exploration that i'm doing as well and but also i'm the type of person that's like um i can't say i'm like whimsical but more like going by what I feel. What I <laughs> feel. And so yeah. if I'm yeah. not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. And also I didn't want to be, I didn't want to create a schedule and then make that schedule be like, I'm not the schedule type, let's just say. I'm not, I got to do this, this, this and that. I think my son has kind of forced me into creating a, like some kind of routine for him because I'm just not that type. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, it, um, I realized when I was making the, like, I guess, I, so basically, it's like an outline. So I'm not 100%, I feel like if I'm led to go another way, I'm not just going to be, this is what it is. But yeah, if but... I'm, it's open to flexibility. Right. Yeah. But this is the outline of it. And so I noticed that even when I used to create other things, because I was so like, um, hmm. they say fair. I listen. Huh? They say fair. Just, you know, go with it. Let it take its shape. Let it happen. If it happens, <laughs> when it happens. Well, I mean, I guess for, so what passionate, that's what I would say, because I might've been so passionate about, the project um I would be like okay this and this and this and this. like I would create these outrageous um okay uh goals right and it it would ow if I were to even like stick to them I feel like they're not they would they weren't sustainable okay so it's not something that can be done like a lifestyle Right. Mm. Like even when you're changing your diet, it's supposed to be not just like a, a huge hardcore diet change. Right. Or yes. following a diet. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be a lifestyle change. So you yeah. do things so, that you, impl- you implement things that you can that you can that you can do every day and slowly like, you know, do it more slowly because that that um, that is what builds the habits and even like even in the bible it they have a uh a, a verse that i've been abiding by i guess where it says you know like little by little like it says like a man who who gains like wealth um like a big set of wealth basically basically will yeah. lose it but someone who stores little by little um, yeah. and so that's that first a couple so days ago, yeah. Yeah. That was like I literally um I I I I have lived that. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I have... I have lived that where I've like, I've gained or have had like a, 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 at one point in my life, I had gotten uh, money from a lawsuit and it was a, a substantial amount of money and that money is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's bad uh, to say that, but I mean, it's the truth. And to me at the age that it happened, like I wasn't, I wasn't responsible and I had been living, you know, all my life I had to fight. So I was like, I am going to live my life. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do like crazy things that lasted for a couple of years, but I do wish that I had, um, I wish that I had some kind of reservoir of it now, you know, mm-hmm. like I wish that now. But um, when it comes to, I know that it comes to, how I how I see money and how I plan on like creating the habits of how I would be responsible. Yeah, I think that when you do it little by little, you gain these habits. So, anyways, I say all that to say that when I started making up the plan, like like let's say before when I would say I'm gonna make social media posts, it would be like okay, I'm gonna post. I need to post seven times a week, six times a week, you know. And then you know you fall off once, and then it's like. Uh, then you then you fall off twice and then you're like so behind and so it's like no this time it's like four posts a week you know even yeah. like with this podcast it was like I'm not gonna create this podcast for eternity and have no date of when I'm gonna stop <laughs> you know? yeah it's like yeah, no I'm gonna minimize the thought of it so that way it could be sustainable like I'll just do six here six there not like every week I don't know when I'm going to get a break you know or even I'm going to do this three times out of the year you know I don't know but I feel like I'm rambling no I, I like think? that um <laughs> one thing with that again God has been talking to me about same with you is systems and sustainability that's why I mentioned before he said girl you're doing too much scale it back <laughs> scale it back um and so I used to be a person who thought, well, I thank God I've been delivered from this, but it was, you work hard. The harder you work, the more you get. That's mm-hmm. a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it became work harder, not work smarter. Smarter, not, not harder. harder, girl. Yes. No, I was just, I literally was just saying that in my head. Work smarter, not harder. I used to do it in the reverse, work harder, not smarter, until, mm-hmm. you know, I figured it out. And so for me, I, now I will take the shortcut. And when I say mm-hmm. take the shortcut, I don't mean in a bad way. I just literally mean like, if I can get a template for something, I will buy the template. If, yeah. Yeah. What I've started doing more recently is um, I will subscribe to these subscriptions that have like captions already written and then I just mm. tweak them to myself to how I need That's them good. to be instead of me trying to write a bunch of captions from scratch I said okay let me just sit down where is that website I need it <laughs> oh I'll send you the links I'll send you the links but they're good and they're helpful and so you know for people who just 
can't sit down and write, what do I write, what do I write? Those are prompts that help That's you. Me. You just That's kind me. of fill in the spaces and you make it your own. That is part of my system now. Um, I've been trying to figure out when I can sit down and write my SOPs because those are important, my standard operating procedures, so that when I bring on an mm. assistant, I can hand over this booklet and say, hey, this is how to do every single thing that you need to do so that I don't have to feel burnt out, so that I don't have to like retreat a couple of times a year so I don't kill anyone. <laughs> you know, like, that's not, that's not a way to live, particularly that, when, that. yeah. It's just not a way to live. That has to be, that has to be like a, a word from God. Because like when I started, when I did like OX, um, the OX studio, that was what I initially was. I was like, that's what I was when, when Travis first had the, the space. Yeah. Um, and when I first, when I did that, I had OX, let's say by the time when I, before, right, 2013. And so when I started, when I was at this space, I was like, you know what? I need to do exactly what you said. And I don't have any, you know, type of business um, expertise, but that was like, I need to do that. I need to create something. I need to operate this and how I want it to be run. So it should be where, you know, leadership, I feel like leadership is only as strong as you can tell how strong someone's leadership is by the people who yes, are operating who are it because operating. then that you're it's saying whether they were able to lead them um they shouldn't be the one who's doing all of the work so yeah. you so, should be able to create an, a system essentially of how things should be operate and and it can be communicated through this booklet that's literally what i did and then i felt like the minute after i did that is when i actually started getting like a bunch of clients um wow. and now even with this this one is a little bit different, but I felt like I couldn't, um, I couldn't have started this without doing something like that. So I don't have exactly how, because I had, I hadn't started running operations and this was something that I had never done before. It's like, I kind of made the outline in a booklet, um, of like the branding, you know, um, kind of like what the social media presence should be type of stuff like that but I feel like it's also being built along the way so like maybe after a year or two then I can say okay this is how I op this is how I'm mm -hmm. operating mm -hmm. and so then be able to write it down so that way in the event that there was somebody else here then I would be able to <clears throat> you know pass that booklet on but literally yeah same idea <laughs> which is why I say it had to be God because there are so many resources though like i even i bought something called podcast like a pro like a year and a half ago and it's okay i forget okay. her name are you doing a podcast i yes but it's we were pre-recording and then we paused oh. um so it's not out yet oh. but oh. can i be I on forget your her name <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, you could definitely fit in to the topic. Podcast for podcast. <laughs> but this lady, basically, um, she started her podcast. I think it was teaching people how to either leave corporate or 
teaching people how to have a side hustle. Mm. And then mm. her podcast got so popular that uh, I feel like I'm mixing up her story. This is how I think it goes. And then she ended up quitting <laughs> her job. And so now she teaches people how to have profitable podcasts and even be able to make really, really good money with podcasts. She's, she's in mm. the States. Mm. Um, but basically, podcasts like a pro is a complete outline of everything that you need to do, checklist, all of this different stuff. Um, and again, I say all that to say that there are templates out there for just about anything. If someone wants mm. to get into wedding mm. planning, you can buy... I've bought contract templates. <clears throat> and yeah. I bought yeah. contract templates because I realized that <clears throat> my flimsy little terms and conditions were not cutting it. Not mm. when, you know, there would be people who would try to test you. And mm -hmm. so you need to cover yourself before things happen and not after so mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. there's a template for just about every single thing that we could think about that we need and if you find that there's not a template you make the template yourself and then you sell it and you teach yeah. other people. and you can always kind of you know you just have to start somewhere like it's not going to necessarily be perfect um, but you learn along the way and then, and then you can know how to lead others, I guess, or assist others. Oh, yeah. yeah. God has definitely like taken me on a journey the last several years about coming out of this perfectionist spirit yes. that yes, is yes, like, yes, yes. it's, it's a good thing. It's a limited good thing. Because it also has some big negatives, you know, and one of the things is self-sabotage. Yeah. I was, well, I was going to ask if, do you think it has something to do with being a woman? Mm, good question. Because um, I could see it as you, because I feel like a lot of women have a, a perfection thing, like including myself, myself included. That's why, you know, when to let go. I don't know if that's a book. But <laughs> but but it, it was something it was I feel like it's it stemmed from something of proving wanting to prove prove myself. Like I feel like that's how it had to have originated. Um you make a good point. I didn't think about it like that, but and this may be controversial. But the male ego, most men have an ego. Um and that is something that I think a lot of women lack for a better, for lack of a better term. And so what I mean by that is for a lot of men, there's this just innate belief, well, they can do whatever. Um, if that's what they want to do, then they can do it. Uh, but for us, we, and that's, I think that's just socialization, right? As as children, boys and girls are socialized differently. So, and this is something that uh, came up in the Women in Entrepreneurship class that I took at Cornell University with Cornell, E. Cornell. And there's mm -hmm. literally a whole chapter dedicated to things that you have to be mindful of as a woman in business. And one of those things is negotiation. We don't negotiate. A man will negotiate. 
a man will ensure more than a woman that he is fairly compensated or what he thinks um, that he should demand, he will ask for that. Whereas a woman is more likely to take that first offer without saying, well, can you do better? Or this is what I'm expecting. Um, little boys and girls, as girls, we're not, we're supposed to suppress a lot of our feelings, right? Um, because either you're supposed to act ladylike or you're supposed to act like you like everybody. Whereas little boys, if they don't like each other, they could fight and then they can move on. We can't be aggressive like that. It's not ladylike. And so all of these things follow us through life. And when we become adults, um, we pretend to play nice. We pretend to play fair. Um, but it really, it disadvantages us. So I, I do agree with you that perfectionism, I've seen more as a trait among women than men. Men will go for it. <laughs> you know, if you look at, this is, this is like the simplest example I can give. If you look at the audacity, like men will try to park or squeeze into any space. It doesn't matter even if they just have like two inches to spare. They will attempt. They will size that up and they just know they can park in that space. Whereas for us, we're inching and we're like, ooh, I don't think it's going to make, ooh, doesn't matter how small the car is, you know. Ooh, I I don't think I'm going to make it. mm, I'm not sure if I trust my spatial abilities. I'm not sure, you know. I don't know. I don't know on my end with that. <laughs> I think I'm going to try to fit it up. <laughs> no, me too. Me too. I didn't buy my license. I didn't buy my license. Yeah. I can drive. Especially, yeah, especially if it's a especially if it's a parallel space cuz I went to college in DC and that taught me parallel parking and and when I see a parallel parking space I'm like, "Ooh, memories." <laughs> see, you love force, but I watch so many I don't want I I watch so many women. I'm like, girl, you're driving a Swift. Stop it. <laughs> but, you know, I digress. <laughs> mm. But, yeah. Yeah. It's um, interesting because I have seen different... I've seen different genres of, of men. Um, and not all of them, um, I do say men have, have an ego. They, men have an ego and I believe that the male ego is actually very fragile. And what our home dynamic it was, what our school dynamic was, um, how that, how that influenced our uh, coping habits, our coping mechanisms. And those coping mechanisms are what um, have kind of built or led us in where we are now. Or those coping mechanisms are part of how we interact now and whether they're healthy or unhealthy. Um, 
effect on whether we there are things that we need to you know unlearn um yeah and relearn <laughs> you know yeah. you know something new um and then like because even well in the previous episode you know we were talking about um we were talking about rejection well I was talking about rejection how I feel like you know and that also could be something of what's what has led me into what led me into perfectionism and it could be something that maybe a lot of women experience rejection either in the workplace or maybe in whatever they were trying to do because I even still I I always I I was I I was in a male dominated field Mm -hmm. um I said I would never I never felt like um you know how people feel like they have to justify themselves, I guess. Like I or like being in a male dominant, they feel discriminated against. Um, and my experience in a male dominated field was that my work stood for itself, um, and I didn't have to overcompensate in like learning all of the tech jargon and like people would guys would come up and talk to me about certain things and then shortly thereafter they would realize I don't know what they're talking about Mm -hmm. (laughs) they just automatically get camera stuff man I don't know (laughs) I just knew how to work it for me (laughs) eventually with certain things with photography I was able to like figure I mean there there was a system of how you needed to do things and then I went to I went to school for video production Um, so I know, I know some information, but I always felt like, um, I always look like, I think just as a person in general, I always look like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then when people see the final product, they're like, oh, wow. And then that's how they kind of built trust in, in me. But then they realize, you know, that's kind of my process. So I was used to being kind of maybe ostracized or looked at funny in the beginning, but I know that eventually my work would stand on its own. And so even that's how I, I don't know, I have a lot of friends in the industry, Um, but I had it and and it's not to say that it it doesn't happen because I didn't experience it, but that was, that was my experience. But I do know, I feel like some people who I know, I feel like they may have been discriminated against or they may have, um, you know, experienced something like that. And that kind of led them to be gung ho on knowing every single thing, all of the information, basically like you can't question me you can't test me and think that I don't have the answer for it yeah but it's not necessarily healthy I get it I mean if you feel like you have something to prove you know yeah um yeah that like there aren't a lot of male florists here for example at least not not um at the forefront that we can easily identify there are a few that I can think of but I mean yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting field. Um and I don't necessarily know though that we would question a man doing flowers though. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe I don't know, maybe I'm a bit more open-minded. Um but I But maybe think it wouldn't it would just, be you, maybe it would be your maybe it would be the clients. Yeah. That's possible, but again, it's like the same way how we we 
when I say we in general, a lot of us associate um, cooking with women, but some of the world's best chefs are men, you know? So, uh, I mean, yeah. I know where I get my perfectionism from, <laughs> um, you know, and it's definitely something that I have had to address in adulthood because, again, self-sabotage, you know, insecurity, lack of confidence, inability is um, feeling like still having to push and do more even if I gave my best and that's all I had at the time. Um, and either way... What about feeling like it's never enough? Have you ever felt that way? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so... I Part of the reason why I suffered from burnout several years ago is because... I felt like I had to prove myself. So I would like over deliver to clients. Mm, and the issue mm-hmm. would be that if someone paid me $300, I might deliver $600 worth of services to them. And I tried to do that with everyone because I was just so insecure about mm-hmm. not necessarily my ability, but I wanted them to see my ability and so I would overcompensate and the reality is this some people would realize oh she went above and beyond and then there'd be others who were like okay thanks like yeah you know um and some who take advantage yes I was about to say there are some who will push and they will push especially if you don't Mm -hmm. push back you know, scope creep is real. If you all don't know what that is, look it up. Scope creep. That is very what is real. It scope creep. So basically, scope? it's like where a scope of work or a job description or a proposal can morph into this whole bigger thing, but they're still only paying for this little thing. And mm. so that, um, I ended up having to fight bitterness realizing that there are people taking advantage of the fact that I'm trying to overcompensate. And, you know, I'll never forget, a friend said this to me. She said, you know, you can't sustain the way you're working because you're trying to, someone who's paying you $3,000, they should get much more attention and quality of work than someone who is paying you $400. But you're trying to give the same clients, this the two clients, very different price points, you're trying to give them both the same level of work and mm-hmm. the same level of attention. And in it's time. unsustainable and time. And it's not fair to the client who's paying more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have kept that in the back of my mind. And that has helped me learn to just let things go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, even I feel like that's something that um, is just is a learning process. Like something that I feel like my husband and I were talking about, um, because I feel like God would allow it to happen with like, like basically it's kind of like it. We just come to the point where it's like nobody gets a lie, like. <laughs> It doesn't matter if it's a family member or a friend or whatever, like, 
no, we have to just charge our rates because um, somebody, the people who, a lot of the times, the people who want to pay less are the biggest complainers um, because they're not, well, I'm not going to get into, into why that could possibly be, but a lot of the times <laughs> those people who are paying less have the most that they try to do. Um, whereas sometimes the people who are paying more, they're not as like on you, on top of you as much as the people who are paying less. And so anyways, you get stressed out and then you get to a point where you're realizing, man, I'm doing a lot of work for like not, not a lot. And I think that it's like we've learned that along the way, but it was just coming to a point where now it's just like, okay, even whoever we ended up doing that to, it was just like ended up getting screwed over. And it was just kind of come to the point where it's like, man, I'm tired of, of, um, like just feeling like I've been taken advantage of because that's, that's kind of like how you end up feeling like you, like you're being taken advantage of and people don't value your work and they don't value your time. And, um, even for me, like doing video and stuff like that now, it's like, I don't even per se want to do it for other people. Um, and so that makes it even harder for me now to be like, okay, I'll just do this. Like it, it would be a very, 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 very selective, you know, reasoning as to why, why I do it. Like maybe the person has helped me out and I know that they're not going to be like, you know, but, um, but yeah, I felt like God was putting us through a process of that where it was like, you know, I've had enough. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm tired, I'm <clears throat> tired of, 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 of doing it, doing it this way. Because like I said, at the end of the day, I think you just really feel used yeah. and you just got tired of feeling used because especially if you're a hard worker, um, it's like almost a default to, to just work hard. Yeah. <clears throat> and as you said, like, you know, working harder is not always the best. And then especially if you see other people who are not working as hard, you know, but they but you can't be mad at them because they're really they're working smarter. Yeah. You know. So that's, that's a really so. good point. Yeah. I, like you said, like, that's a that's a learning process. And I think everyone has to learn what their capacity is. And so. <clears throat> If you're, if, like, let's say my capacity for weddings, I'll go back to that, is I don't do more than one wedding in, um, in, in a weekend. Oh. I am not. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were saying um, year. I'm going to do, like, year. no, no, <laughs> in a weekend. Um, because I know that floral work is physically demanding. Mm. And a lot of people mm. don't know that. Um, when I'm doing weddings sometimes, depending on the amount of work, I could do like 12 hours, you know, mm. 12 to 15 hours. And that's just on ceremony and reception. That's not even like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. personal mm -hmm. flowers, like bridal bouquets and things like that. Um, and, you know, nobody designs sitting down. We design on our feet. And we climb up and down ladders and all of these different things, doing installations and arbors and things like that. And so I know that there's no freaking way, especially if I'm 
a team of one right now doing all the designing that I'm going to do that every day. It's just not sustainable for me, particularly mm-hmm. if on the back mm-hmm. end of that, I still have to do the admin work and then I still have to do the marketing mm-hmm. and I still mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. deal with customers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. again, I understand that when you're first starting out, you don't necessarily feel like you can say no. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily feel, because, you know, you're afraid. Like, you don't know when another inquiry will come in that is actually going to be a paying client. And so you almost feel like you have to hoard this money and say yes to everything. But then, you know, you kind of hit a stride and you get to say, mm-hmm, I, I can say no, I'm definitely, it's yeah. not worth Yeah. Yeah, because in the beginning, I feel like you kind of, you got to get your, you got to get your feet wet. You got to get out there. People aren't going to trust you if you don't have any work. Um, so you got to make those kind of like compromises, but after you've gotten, like, as you say, your stride that there's, that's when it comes to the time where you have to learn between, um, I guess making your standard, your standard of client, because not everybody mm-hmm. has to be your client. That's my thing. It's like, there's some people out there who have like toxic work environments and those people who I've learned, like I for me, that's like not my client. And when I see signs of that toxicity, <laughs> where it's typically confusion within their team, it's like not my client. I, I'm not, I already know where that's going to go. And that doesn't, I don't have to take your work or I don't have to do your work. Um, yeah. Um, but I think coming to a point where you're able to, to get out of the, the beginning mindset and into like a, I don't know, maturing mindset. I don't know, more experienced mindset. I guess I don't know. That's the that's the journey is being able to stand to stand your ground. And I do think, as you said, like you know, some guys are able to. Well, I don't know, I don't know. Um, it might be easier for some. Or let's say you can say men, but I can't even say because I have experienced some like when we were working on I was working on a team one time and I was like, it needs to be this much amount. This is what we charge them. And they were like, the person was like, I don't know if we should charge them that. I'm like, no, if we're going day by day, we got to go like this. And the other person was a guy. And yeah. so, um, and yeah. so, <laughs> so I, think I don't to know. It, you know, again, yeah. it's different levels of experience too, um, and belief and confidence in yourself. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I would definitely say like, you know, shifting from a poverty mindset, um, because a lot of us start off with that and we've gone through life with that, not realizing. And when I say poverty, I don't necessarily mean like having nothing, like literally having nothing, but, but the mindset of lack and scarcity and that there won't ever be enough or like you won't have a book enough clients or you have to keep charging this little bit amount of money um, when you should be charging more and devaluing yourself and your work, that's a poverty mindset. And so when you shift away from that, um, then I think you get to think differently, make decisions from a different place, and then you is also it, can attract is it, more. Is it, it could, it, feel like it could even be the poverty mindset can be based on like trauma like oh yeah the like, the fact of of 
of going through that, I feel like the entrepreneur process um, and the entrepreneur process where you don't have a backing, like you just you passionately about this, it can it can be traumatic. I mean, I would say it could be traumatic because it impacts the way that you you operate for for a long time until you realize, well, I have this I have this in my brain. <laughs> like I have yeah. I have this system have in this. my mind of how to operate because of the fear of the traumatic experience or that yeah. happening that again. Happened. So it could be even form of trauma because it's, right. interesting. because it's interesting. Even when you see people who have um, how the confidence and how some people can operate based on their their background. I mean, living in the Bahamas, right? You have people from in high, high, like, you know, high, high incomes and low, low incomes and in between. Um, but you can see, I can see a difference in people who I've seen or known who might have, who have a much more cushier background, their confidence in making decisions or knowing their worth because this isn't, their livelihood isn't based on this person yeah um but yeah they they may be able to make um i would say more confident more confident decisions um and even especially even with pricing and all of that stuff knowing what their worth is and what they would pay i i'll be very honest with you being broke and i say this from personal experience being broke you can't think, period. <laughs> you know, everyone doesn't have a pursuit of happiness mindset. You know, his desperation fueled him. Um, but even in that, he was obsessed with not being broke anymore. Um, and so being broke, like, your mind is constantly going of how to get you out of it versus, like, and that impacts how you think. It impacts the level at which you can think. Um, because you're just so focused on survival or getting out of survival mode. Um, I did a whole event a couple, a couple years ago. I forget which year. And the event, the title was literally the trauma of entrepreneurship. Because a lot of us don't talk about it enough. It literally like... It traumatizes you. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. learn. You're gonna learn about yourself, the good and the bad things, and it's going to exacerbate the bad things, and it's going to underscore the good things. And so, from there, you kind of have to, to grow, and evolve, and and realize that there are some things that you have to change. Like if you're a people pleaser, you're gonna have a problem being in business. That's just. Mm -hmm period like you're gonna end up feeling used and that people mm -hmm. discard you because you don't know how to say no and if you didn't realize that there are real takers in this world you will mm -hmm. learn that in business if you are a person who does not have boundaries does not know how to reinforce boundaries you will always end up with scope creep if you're providing a service or you'll end up giving away things um, for free or deeply discounted if you're providing products there are so many different things like I didn't realize that I had this thing about you know work harder not smarter until I started working for myself 
And then I had to discover, well, what does that even mean? And so I realized that my parents taught me that if you don't work hard, like you're not going to get anywhere in life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like work hard and be effective. It was you always have to work hard. You're always mm-hmm. going to have to work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no getting around having to work hard. You're always going to have to prove yourself. That's what I grew up. That's, that's what I learned. That's what I was taught. And so I used to feel guilty at times if, you know, I literally on jobs, I've had supervisors say to me, you're doing your work too quickly. And I would be like, I don't understand. You want me to slow down. How do you tell an employee that you want them to slow down? But for me, it was like, I will not stop until I'm done. Like, this is my task and I will not stop. Um, That's not healthy necessarily. Um, Not to say that there's, you know, anything wrong with being a high achiever, but I was maybe coming at it from a place of perfection and needing it to get done and done quickly and done well. Um, and that was just me trying to prove something to other people and to mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. But it took entrepreneurship and freelancing for me to learn these things about myself. And then it becomes, well, now that you know, what are you going to do with that information? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a journey. <laughs> it's, a, it's a constant um, journey, um, a learning process, but, um, as you said, it does, um, it can end up highlighting, you know, those and, and exacerbating those, um, weaknesses, I guess, that, that, that you may have already. Um, and I always, I always would say that like entrepreneurship is like a faith walk, (laughs) Because you know that everything that you get is from God. Like, you know that. When you don't have a check coming in every single week, you know that whatever you get is from God. God. <laughs> yeah. And so it goes into being able to trust. Um, it, it, I think it's, it strengthens, stretches, grows, expands, whatever your faith. Um. And even people I feel like who don't believe in God, maybe it's their faith in something, faith in in their passion, faith in their 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 goal or whatever, uh, their purpose. Um, but it 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 is a faith. It's a faith walk. <laughs> so, what would you say? Um, what would you say would be the takeaways? from this podcast, like, if we were to write a list, like, um, work harder, not, I mean, work smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah. That's what. Work smarter, um, not harder. What, trauma? Tra- dealing, how do you say, dealing with trauma? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Women in the work field. <laughs> Perfectionism. Yes. Yes. Um, and if Broken. we would, oh, if the we floral, <laughs> floral design versus graphic versus video production. 
The comparisons and equalities. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so if we were to name it, what do you think it should be called? (laughs) So I could just, I would just think of taking one piece of it, but I'm thinking if you were to overall sum it up. Yeah. It would be a creative, a creative journey. The creative or journey creative along journey. those lines, yeah. Something mm. general mm. enough, because we talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <sighs> the creative journey. That's what we're gonna go with. <laughs> yeah. This was oh. good. Yeah, it was. It was. I feel like maybe I am um, learning. Um, because I, well, I'll say this, well, that like, even before, like with the podcast or like with this podcast, I was feeling like, um, I was feeling like, like one day I was literally, I felt like, I feel like I, I feel like I hear God speaks me in thoughts. Um, so I was telling God, Man, after this season is over, Lord, I I don't want to do this anymore because I am terrible at it. Like, because it's just like I said, looking at the podcast, like looking back at it for some reason, because I'm watching myself. It's just like, I don't like it. I really don't like it. And I think also I feel uncomfortable in my weight at the moment. And it's like, it would just be, I would see myself do certain things or I'd be like, man, I'm talking too much. Or like, I need to let the other person talk. Or why didn't I do this? Or why am I not paying attention more? Or, you know, cause there's a lot of, you know, things that I'm doing at the same time, like, cause I'm cooking and trying to keep it within a time span. But, um, I was like, it's just, it's, it's too hard. And I suck at it. <laughs> I was like, I suck at it. Hard on yourself. And then I feel yeah. like the, the thought came was like, well, how, how are you going to get better if you, if you give up? Like one of my biggest issues or problems has been giving up, um, I'm going to say too early, but giving up when it gets hard, like even like looking at the way that let's say with, with, with this branding with soul food, um, maybe you're looking for, I mean, Maybe I can be looking for uh, a certain following or you're thinking that you're going to get a certain amount of followers between a certain time. And then it's hard. Well, like I said, because this is this is something that I feel like God has led me, has truly led me to do. And because it's it is particular with me about bringing glory to God. um, It's something where. Um, I guess I'm more aware of my thought process and my intentions because I never want it to be because I want to just gain a following. But I guess, yeah. but I guess being actually in it, sometimes it's like you can feel like, or I, I felt like I'm doing so much work and I'm not seeing any type of like fruit, I guess. But then I guess what God was saying to me or the thoughts that I was thinking and then even thinking now it's like how long does how long does it take to grow something like um even I just started in um 
just launched it in January. So this is March. It's like three months. Like I have 28 or 29 posts on social media, like in, in my mind now thinking even, even now, it's like, what was I thinking? Like, what was I, what was I expecting <laughs> like, that it's just going to yeah. like blow up? But even so it's like, well, before what I thought, the thought of what I had, because even I feel like the content that I'm creating and the things that I'm, I'm doing, what I'm doing is to, um, shed a different light on being a follower of Christ to pers- and to encourage people to pursue relationship with God, however that relationship may be. And then doing that by showing people's testimony, showing what people have gone through, why they follow Christ, maybe even talking and, and talking where with regular conversations like how we're doing now, you know, and having God and asking, you know, those questions God comes in at some kind of way, regardless. Yeah. Um, and showing yeah. the like real, the real livelihood. Um, I feel like in just showing transparency on, you know, it's not just like hardcore. It's once again building something that is sustainable, and that's by starting out little by little, um, and but encouraging people to pursue that relationship so that their relationship can kind of evolve. And so even with looking with the followers, let's say, that I have, um, opposed to what it would be with an actual, like, let's say, with my, when I had Cutting Edge Creative, that I am trying to push and get followers, like, I really am trying to get followers. But here, these followers are different because these are all souls, I feel like, that are going to be impacted by what content I'm, I'm, producing or you know they see it basically and that I never want it to be based on clout and and based on my own thing like because then it's like you can get into that place where you're where you lose the purpose which is to bring glory to God and I think people can do that in ministry you know where they get lost up and caught up in the program and not and then you know they fall off of the actual real focus which is you know, bringing people to Christ, um, you can get so caught up in that, in that program. Um, and that's what could happen. I see is even if, even as like, even as I'm talking now, even with what we were talking about before, about the little by little, you know, one who gains a lot at once is going to lose it. And one who does it little by little is like building that up and that, but even God was saying, I felt like even if it was one person, like, even if it's just one person, because maybe my goal, my, my purpose isn't to reach, maybe my purpose isn't to reach a mass amount of hundreds of thousands of people. Even if I were to able to effectively reach one person that would bring, that could bring them to the kingdom of God, that would be my purpose, you know, and, and I would lose that if I gave up now and then also it was just even more of like um you know I almost like in a rebuke of like how are you gonna like if you you give up on everything how are you ever gonna see how are you ever gonna see a fruit the fruit and like even like now I had looked up I know I'm rambling but I had looked up I was trying to learn how to grow garlic (laughs) because I love garlic (laughs) yeah and with the prices of everything now, I just want to have more aromatics. I would feel comfortable with having my own aromatics in my house. 
But I was looking at how long it takes to grow garlic, and I'm like, dang, yo, that takes like it takes like almost like a half a year in a way. Because first you do it for like three months or so, and then that's when they actually. I think then you have to take it out, and they have to. What did the lady say you have to do? It's some other process where I, maybe it has to stay cure it. It has to stay out of the soil for like another, I don't know. It was a good amount of time when I was like, dang, well, I'm going to be able to eat this garlic until like, I was thinking, you know, I grow a little stock and then that would be <laughs> like in a month, no, I should now. be okay. No, it was like, dang, like half a year. I'm like, whoa. So anyways, what I, what I felt like I was told was like, I would never even be able to see if I, if I continue, if I just gave up. And, um, and then also, once again, like I said, that I have to realign or stay in alignment with the purpose of what God has for me. And it's not always in quantity, but in, but in quality, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, one thing I know is God doesn't waste anything. So, you know, like the fact that even he gave you a partner who can help you bring this to life. You know, like all everything is ordained. Everything is ordained as long as we stay in His will. Everything is ordained, and even when we stray, He is so good and He is so gracious. You know that He will yeah. still be merciful yeah. and He will still give grace, and He will still fix and He will still cover. You mm-hmm. know, and so yeah, yeah. Well, um, this is this. It was a very good conversation. I feel like I'm learning, I guess, is what I, is what I meant to say. And obviously I would not have gotten to this point if I, if I stopped last episode. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but, um, yeah, so this is the final product. I don't know how it looks, but, um, this is the sardines. I just put some celery in there. So there's like some kind of greenery. No particular reason. <laughs> and then the rice. And then normally Listen, I'll add cup rice, huh? That right, that cupping rice, that's like a, a secret anointing. I don't have. I <laughs> just they all go in the same place, so it's okay. <laughs> as far as I'm I tried to make it a little bit fancy because the sardines aren't so fancy, you know. Mm, got you. Um, but yeah, I guess. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to try this because typically I'll try um, whatever I cooked. But you can say um, if you want anybody to like. I don't know. Say what you have going on, or if there's anything that you want people to be able to find your work, or any shout out type of thing that you want to make. Um, feel free. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you asking me to come on and be part of your first season yay i look forward to seeing more seasons (laughs) in the future no pressure (laughs) and for anyone who wants to um, find me on social media it is at by shana e dot co at b y s h a n a e .co. My full name is Shana Etchcombe. I've always signed since high school Shana E as my signature. So I just said, let me make it my the name of my business. And it's also my website, www.byshanae.co. 
and it's Shanna, not Shayna. <laughs> because I've, I think, how long, I don't know, when did I meet you? Probably like 2014 ish, 2015. You think 2014? Yeah, maybe 2015. Yeah, maybe 2014. 2015. I moved back down 2014. Maybe 2015. And I always thought your name was Shayna. I'm going to say it. I'm going to tell my truth. I'm not going to be ashamed because that's what I thought. I was wrong. Because your name is Shayna. I honestly don't correct people. Now. Hopefully, just, people hopefully know. People <laughs> yeah, I I don't correct people. It's it's just one of those things. I probably should start doing it, but I know like it's not out of malice and it's whatever. I I don't care that much about you know just <laughs> you don't, don't care about your name. You don't care about your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be well, I'll, I'll be more well. specific moving yeah. forward. Yeah, I can understand. But um, but yeah, it's your, it's your name. It's my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess that concludes it, guys. Everything tasted tasted good to me. <laughs> oh wait, I didn't try the onion to see if the onion was. I think I did it properly. I noticed like I have to put it. I have to put a lot of ice in the bowl and put the bowl smaller so that it's more, I like the ice is more, like if you put it in a bigger bowl and then you're going to need a whole bunch of ice to fill the bowl. Anyway, it makes the water colder quicker. Um, I think that's, I think that's the, the trick for me. Um, but yeah, that concludes it guys. That would be, I know we're well over an hour, but, um, I feel like it was a good conversation. So I think everything has kind of been a little bit over an hour anyway. So <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember my catchphrase, which was something along the lines of um, stay blessed, um, keep fighting. Um, man, I don't know, but I'm going to say stay strong in the Lord. <laughs> But I think like keep fighting was at the end of it because keep stay in the fight. Um, but uh, you guys, you guys don't know because I made it up last time. But, but. <laughs> we're getting there. Anyways, you guys have a good night, <laughs> and we'll Bye. see you next week for the final final episode of season one. Good night. Good night.